Hello and welcome to the Praying Wife Podcast. I am your host, Corrine Cash, and today I am very excited to share this group session with all of you. I pray as always that you are blessed. We are going to be talking about three very important traits and treasures of our Christian walk that helps us to just navigate through the complexities of life. And these gifts, actually, I will call them, are wisdom, discernment, and discretion. Now, it's very interesting that we put these three things together in this topic, because though they are different in their meaning, they're all intertwined, they're all interwoven together, and collectively, they're all things that each and every one of us should desire, and things that we should seek after to possess and exercise every single day of our lives. And so I just want us to dive into each of them individually so that we can understand what these powerful attributes are. And so we're going to start first with wisdom. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. And most importantly, and more consistently, we are instructed and we are implored to seek after wisdom, even to the point of seeking it at all costs. Proverbs 4 and 7 says the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. And I like the New Living Translation version. I think it said getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. So not only is it valuable, but it's worth pursuing, even if it requires a significant amount of investment um, of your time and of your effort. So when we say wisdom, what are we talking about? What is wisdom? And this is a line I kind of came came up with as I was doing studies. And wisdom is essentially understood knowledge applied effectively. It's understood knowledge applied effectively. And let me break that down. It starts with knowledge, what you know about someone or something. Just a basic example. If I say to you, two plus two equals four, you have that knowledge. And you can continue to acquire knowledge for years and years. But knowledge in itself is not wisdom. After we've gained knowledge, there has to be an understanding of that knowledge. I can know that rockets go into space, but I have no understanding of how that happens. Probably besides just there are some scientists and they get together with some other smart scientists and they get in a room and they just put a bunch of pieces together and they build a rocket and then it goes into space. <laughs> so with the knowledge alone of rockets go into space, I would be unwise if I decided to wake up tomorrow and say I'm a rocket scientist and I'm going to teach a bunch of people about how this works. I have no understanding of the way that it works. So knowledge alone is not enough. You have to understand what you know. And for many of us, if we're honest, we know who we are in Christ, but we have no understanding of who we are in Christ. And so we make unwise choices sometimes. We have to gain the knowledge first of who God is, knowing that he exists, knowing that he says who he is. But then we have to then see what are the choices that I'm making? What is my mindset now that I know and now that I understand? And so just because I know something, it doesn't make me wise in the knowledge of God, even though I know that he exists. So we can have a lot of people who know that God exists, but they're not operating in the realm of my understanding is leading me then to have the faith to do this thing. 
And so a lot of times we mistake knowledge alone for wisdom, but wisdom comes first from the understanding of what you know. And then after you gain that understanding, you act on it. Wisdom requires an effective application of your understanding. And notice that I said effective, right? Because wisdom is the ability to make good, effective decisions based on your knowledge, based on your experience, based on your understanding. It's the ability to see the big picture, to understand the consequences of your actions. So it's not just about knowing what to do, but knowing when and how to do it. We can have all the knowledge and understanding in the world, right? Knowing and understanding what to do is great. But if you act on that knowledge at the wrong time, or in the wrong way, you're not exercising wisdom. For example, and this probably happened before, I could know and fully understand that I need my husband to do something, right? And if you're like me, when I want it done, I want it done now. I can know that and fully understand that. But if I deliver my message to him with an attitude, or while he is literally in the middle of something, I have not exercised wisdom in my approach. And so we have to be mindful that knowledge and understanding alone does not equate to wisdom. There has to be effective action that's applied. And wisdom is not something that's, you know, mysterious or unattainable. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously without finding faults and it will be given to you. Um, the Bible also says from the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And so we have to make sure that we are spending time in the word of God to understand and know what it is he's telling us to do. We have to learn to develop, to understand what God's character and God's ways is. Attaining God's wisdom will require also humility and a willingness to admit when we're wrong. Proverbs tells us when pride comes, I think it's Proverbs 11 and 2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So we have to make sure that we're not so consumed with knowledge that we become unteachable. We have to be willing to admit, and sometimes this is harder for us, right? Myself included, but we have to be able to willingly admit when we are wrong. And then we are now open to receive wisdom from not only God, but from others. And so if and I'll do a practical example, and this just popped in my head. If the Lord, you know, puts on Pastor or Dr. Helga's heart or, or Pastor Don's heart something, and, and it's a, a correction, we cannot be so consumed with our own knowledge and wisdom and self-righteousness that we are not open to become teachable, right? We have to be able to willingly admit when, yes, there is something wrong, yes, there is something I need to change, because as the Bible says, humility, with humility comes wisdom, and exercising wisdom is also very important to maintain order in our lives. And we heard Elder Rod talk about it last night. We have to be wise in the way that we're maintaining different things in our lives. So the question then also becomes, are we being wise with our finances? Are we being wise with our spending habits? Are we being wise with our food choices? If you know you're trying to lose some weight, why are you at McDonald's line? Okay. What are you buying from the grocery store? 
it's exercising wisdom. And I think sometimes when we talk about wisdom, we put a spiritual hat on it. And so we, we don't allow it to seep into other areas of our lives. But wisdom consumes all of us. And so what are some of the things that you're spending your time on? What are you consuming on a daily basis? Are you being wise with your time, wise with your commitments? Are we being intentional and strategic about our relationship with God? If we want to grow, what are the things we are putting in place? Are we using effective action to grow our relationship? And it comes with looking at what we do, what we have established. Zelda Rod said some of the plans and whatever it is that you, your routine and say, if this is something that I value, am I being wise with the things that I'm doing on a daily basis to accomplish that? Are we exercising wisdom with our company, the people that we're surrounded by? Who are you hanging out with and spending time with? The Bible says if we walk with the wise, we'll become wise. If we associate with fools, we get in trouble. Who are we spending time with? Are we wise with our decisions? Did you have a bad day at work and decided, I'm just going to up and quit without thought? The Bible also tells us in Proverbs that wise people think before they act. Wise people think before they act. And so we have to make sure that we are exercising wisdom in all things. And spiritual wisdom begins with a reverential fear of God and a desire to truly know him and not just know him because on this line, we all know God, but do we understand him? Do we understand our place in the kingdom of heaven? And Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We have to make sure that we're exercising wisdom. Okay, so then we move on to discernment. I love discernment. Discernment is the ability to understand and distinguish between right and wrong, good and bad, true or false. It's being able to recognize the motives and the intentions of others and to make good decisions and good judgments about situations. So when we have a spirit of discernment, it will help us to avoid being deceived or misled. Now, this word misled, I'm sure all of us here, we spend time in the word. And I always find it interesting. First, it would say, you know, forget in the Bible. Sometimes it's a do this in remembrance of me, forget not or remember. And I'm like, why would they always say that? And it's like, well, clearly God knows we'd forget. The same way I see this misled a couple of times in the Bible, be not misled, don't be misled. And it's clear that he knows we have an active enemy who would seek to show himself to be something he is not. And so there are a lot of things that are out there that are seeking to mislead us. And so we must always have a spirit of discernment so we are not misled. Discernment we also see in the Bible um, with recognizing good and evil. And Hebrew says solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, we've trained ourselves to distinguish good from evil. So discernment is a characteristic of maturity, and it's really gained through practice and experience, but it's something we should all have. You know, as strong as Samson was, he lacked discernment. Even though red flags slapped him in the face time and time again, for whatever reason, pride, lust, laziness, lack of wisdom, Samson just could not discern the schemes of Delilah and he was trapped and ultimately he died because of his lack of discernment. A lack of discernment can kill you. 
You could be entertaining witches and warlocks in your home if you lack discernment. Witches praying over you and your children if you lack discernment. Prophets prophesying to you and you accepting the word because of the lack of discernment. The Bible says, beware of the false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep because they are really vicious wolves. We have to develop a spirit of discernment. And there's one thing that I learned from Bishop that I've carried with me and will carry with me to my grave. I trust, but I verify. When it comes to the things of God and to your life and all of our lives, we better verify for ourselves. I trust you, yes, but I'm going to run that up the chain to my Abba Father to make sure that what you're saying to me is what he's saying over me. And we have to be very careful. Be not ignorant of the devil's schemes and devices. Develop a spirit of discernment. Sometimes we have to learn to discern when we should say no to certain things, to certain people, to certain commitments. You can't please everyone. And if you clutter your to-do list, your routine, your day, you won't have time for the things of God. And so we have to learn to discern what's right, but also discern what's right for right now. What's good for now? What's good for later? What's just not good for me right now in my time? First Corinthians 6, 12. And when I read it, I loved it. It says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. So we have to learn to discern what things we are called to do here and now and the things that we just shouldn't do and the things we can just simply do later. And so that's discernment. Discretion, because I don't want to be too long. Discretion now, on the other hand, is the ability to keep things private or confidential when necessary. It's when we use our good judgment to handle sensitive information and situations. Now, discretion is so very important, not only just to maintain trust and respect, but to avoid conflicts and misunderstandings. Proverbs tells us that the person who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even tempered. And it also tells us in Proverbs 11 and 12 that a sensible person keeps quiet. So discretion involves knowing when it's appropriate to speak and when it's better to remain silent. So we see wisdom being exercised when we use our discretion, and this goes back to saying things in the right way at the appropriate time when we're exercising wisdom. The Bible says those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Can I be honest? Some of us just talk too much. I'm just gonna, it's just true. And we are all here together. So I'm not pointing any fingers. I am talking to myself as well. Some of us talk too much. Not everything needs to be shared or stated especially if someone comes to you and says something in confidence. There's no way someone else should hear what someone told you in confidence repeated. No reason. And I don't care if we start the sentence with, now nah, you didn't hear this from me, right? We all do, we do it. <laughs> or tell them, listen, don't tell them I told you. But when you hear the but, re-examine the words that are about to come out of your mouth, okay? Be not ignorant of the devil's schemes, we have to learn to develop a spirit of discretion. Some of us also need to pray about the visions that God has given us 
before we spread the vision to everyone. I was reading the story about Nehemiah and building the wall. And Nehemiah used wisdom and exercised discretion. Nehemiah 2, 11, 16, I'm gonna read it, pulled it up. It says, I went to Jerusalem, this is Nehemiah. I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gates toward the jackal wall and the dung gate, and I examined the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and the gates which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through, so I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, and I had yet said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or the officials or any others who would be doing the work. Now, Nehemiah waited until after he received the call from God, after he mourned, after he fasted, after he prayed, and then he went himself to inspect the gates, see what was going on, before he said anything to anyone else, even to the people who would have been the ones who needed to carry out the vision. Sometimes wisdom is being silent. The dream may not be for everyone's ears. And if we see what happened right after the Ammonites at the time found out what Nehemiah was doing, they started ridiculing him. In verse 19, it literally says, but when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us saying, what is this you are doing? And then they asked, are you rebelling against the king? Now, this is something I found funny because if you take some time and after this, I would encourage all of you to reread the story of Nehemiah. But if you rewind a few verses before, you'll see that Nehemiah spoke to the king, got permission from the king, took the letters to the governors, and the same Sanballat and Tobiah were there from the beginning. They knew about the letters, but here they are after they heard about the vision, trying to discourage and cause trouble for Nehemiah, all in an attempt to stop the work. But at that point, Nehemiah had already done the groundwork. He'd already developed a plan. And he then said, I'm going to tell the people. Discretion is crucial. As much as we love everyone, not everyone is spiritual and not everyone wants to celebrate with you. And so this is where discernment comes in. And then wisdom enters when you decide to use discretion before you say or do something. So we see wisdom, discernment, and discretion all interrelated. Wisdom helps us to make good decisions. Discernment helps us to recognize what is right and what is wrong. And discretion helps us to handle sensitive information or situations appropriately. But in order to develop any one of these traits and all of them, we have to first seek knowledge. It starts with knowledge, seeking the information, spending time in God's word and his presence. And not just saying, I want to spend more time. I've got to spend more time. Hearing constantly that we should spend more. It's actually spending the time in his word because we don't know what we don't know. And if you don't know something, you cannot understand it. And if you don't understand it, you won't do it. And so we have to make sure that we're spending time 
time, time, time in God's word. It is crucial. It should be like air or water. Like we can't go too long without seeing what God's word says. And I think sometimes we have it like a check mark. Like, did I read my Bible today? Check. It's like a task list when really it should be like, just it's just like breathing. It's I have to do this to continue to live and to survive. If we fear God, you know, because the Bible says the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we love God, we will obey his word. And it's not a, and I also want to pause here because sometimes when we hear the fear of the Lord, and I think my, our kids had asked us about this, the fear of the Lord, it's not like a crumbling, impersonal fear, right? It's like our kids, my kids specifically, like they fear their dad. They love him and they respect him and they do what he says. They're wise children because they know the swift punishment that will follow if they don't. But it's the same way God expects us to fear him, to love him, to respect him, and to do what he says. But in order to do what he says, we have to spend time in his word. And so we have to be sure that we're the ones exercising the wisdom to do what it is he's asked us to do and to obey his word. And we have to learn from our experiences and be open to learning from others. We're never too old to learn something new. You know, they have the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's a lie. You're never too old to learn something new. God is always speaking. God is always teaching. God is always revealing. All of us here have a past. Some of ours are more colorful and more drama-filled than others, but we all have experiences and things that we've done that we should have learned from. We have to start to use our experience in life to help others who may be struggling. And when we do that, use the wisdom, the discernment, the discretion when we're doing this. None of us here were born holy. As a matter of fact, we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But it's important that we're honest with ourselves to say, I have gone through stuff. I have a story. I'm open for correction, to be humble, to be willing to admit when we're wrong, and then exercise the wisdom to learn, to grow, to teach others who then learn and then grow. And we have to, in all things, seek God's guidance. We've got to study. We've got to meditate on scripture. We have to get a deeper understanding of God's perspective. His ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We have to consume our thoughts with the thoughts of God. And all of this will help us to develop these virtues that we've spoken about. And so I want to close with just a scripture in Colossians 1, 9, and 10. And it says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And it is the same with my prayer, that we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And my prayer is just that. And for us to be filled with the knowledge of God's will through wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that we can all live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Praying Wife podcast. I pray that you have been blessed by anything that you have heard today. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us on our website. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're all there. We have women that are ready to pray for you. There's a community of women just waiting to surround you with love. And so please always remember that you are beautiful. You are powerful. You are made in the image of God and you are loved. I'll see you next time.